What's up, everybody? My name is David Hardy Jr. I am the founder and CEO of Made by Change and the host of the Penciled In Podcast. We are proudly sponsored by... <laughs> Just kidding. Let's go get it. Power on. Power, power, power on. Uh, I, think, uh, I think my leadership... Uh, I think my leadership story starts with uh, being a young black man. Being a young black man that lived in two worlds. It's black down here. How the hell are we supposed to fight? That lived in two worlds. A young black man that lived in two worlds. I'll be going a little something like this. Hit it! It is April 1st, 2021. Happy April Fool's Day, y'all. It's so nice to be with you on my first episode of Penciled In, realizing I don't know all the places we will go, but man, this is going to be a fun ride. I picked this day very specifically for a very special reason and a very special woman in my life. October 25th, 1980, my mother gave birth to me, a 10-pound baby boy. Yes, 10 pounds. And for the past 40 years, I've been lucky enough to call her mom or mama more affectionately. And on this day, 65 years ago, was her birthday, was her born day. For that, I celebrate you, mom. I wish you the happiest of 65th birthdays or better at your anniversary of your 21st birthday. And I wish you all the wonderful things that you would ever desire for your birthday and these birthdays after this one, because you are not only just a brilliant, unbelievable mother, but one that cares deeply about the well-being of others. I specifically remember you telling me, mom, that you didn't care what I did in life, what job I had. The only thing you ask of me is making sure that I make impact, that I make a difference. And so to that, mom, I promise you through this podcast and whatever life brings to me going forward, I will continue to make you proud. Happy birthday, mom. I love you. I think it's only fitting to start the first podcast asking and answering the following obvious question. Why do you think you need to put out a podcast? What makes you special? So to be clear, there's nothing special about me. There's nothing that says I deserve for you to listen to me. However, I do think you will hear through the stories, through the facts, and through some of the fiction. A lot of what I will say relates more to you than you might imagine. To start our journeys together, I thought it would only be fitting that I give you a little bit of background about me. Growing up in the suburbs of Philadelphia, where I would often try to claim that I grew up in Philly and people are like, look, you're from Westchester, bro. There were subtle ways and, and not so subtle ways you you realize that people saw you as less than. Which would 
make anyone feel that they were not good enough. Now, mind you, Westchester, Pennsylvania is a very special place to me. It's a small town, about 30 minutes outside of Philadelphia. College town. Home of the the guys that started a craze in the late 1990s and the early 2000s with the show Jackass and maybe even more notably and recognizing that it's the proud home of my boy, Matt Schaub, who's an NFL quarterback and two-time pro bowler. That Westchester. Westchester, though, taught me a lot about myself, a lot about the world around me, a lot about the world we live in. My parents did a tremendous job of protecting me from the things that would have deterred my drive self-worth a lot of things that shape who I am today I remember the challenge of being a black kid on the side of town where there weren't many kids that looked like me I wasn't white for the black kids I, I wasn't black enough I remember being on the basketball court in 8th grade when a girl apparently had a crush on me said why why do you talk so white while also asking me why I hadn't asked her to the 8th grade dance yet that's a whole nother story but talk about being confused I didn't know if I should ask her to the dance or figure out how to talk more black this often made it hard for me to find my place understand if I was liked or disliked, feared or love. And the way through it all for me was sports. I grew up loving soccer, baseball, and basketball, with basketball becoming my quote-unquote calling card of sorts. I was lucky enough to have great coaches from my dad when I was a little kid, to my middle school coach, to my high school basketball coach, and all the black men that showed me the way. Unknowingly at this time, how much they shaped me, I felt normal. I felt like I could do anything. As a result, I focused exclusively on basketball by ninth grade. Unfortunately, after a, a tough bout with baseball in ninth grade, that forced me to realize that Maybe I wasn't good enough to to hit the field. And as far as basketball goes, I started to become pretty good. I remember the moment that I was told that I never would make the varsity basketball team, though. I was a freshman. I was an upperclassman who clearly had an eye on the spot on the team. I listened. I understood his position. What he didn't know is that it got me motivated. And the very idea of someone ever telling me I could not be something made me want to be better. That was always the way to get to me. Well, not only did I make the team, I started. Not an easy decision for my high school coach who was fearless. A lot of where I get my I can do anything attitude from. Four years later, 1,792 points later, and being the all-time leading scorer at my high school, I left 
as a member of the National Honor Society, the VP of Student Council, and off to this place called Colgate University. A year before graduation, though, all changed. All changed. I got a call in the spring that my grandfather Pops had a stroke. Visiting him in the hospital when I got home brought me back to the day I was in the hospital where I was only eight years old. And I heard the doctor say, can still hear the doctor saying it in my left ear as I overheard the conversation between my grandmother and the physician. That after this triple bypass surgery, if my grandfather had another heart attack, it would be his last. It was his last. So when I found out he was in the shed fixing something that he probably didn't need to fix, but if you knew my grandfather, there's no other way he would live. He was stung by a gang of bees on the back of his head, triggering a massive stroke that took all of the life out of him. For a long time. For a long time. Out of me. Out of me. Fast forward now. I get it more than ever. His daily sacrifice for his family of eight daughters, one of them my mother, who was symbolic of the sacrifices I knew I needed and better yet, what I wanted to make in life. I humbly believe that we all serve a purpose in this life and my purpose was beginning to become more clear. See, I didn't grow up with a silver spoon in my mouth, but don't get me wrong, my life was definitely charmed. I was afforded by so many people in my family the love that I needed to be successful. Love that helps me get through moments that, fortunately, as a black man in America, I see way too often. On any given day, while holding my son's hand, I see white women cross the street and clutch their purse. We were followed in stores, and as we look to purchase things to enhance lived experiences, we're questions if we have enough money. I can't pull out my degree from Colgate University in economics or figure out how to fix this calculation of judgment. Nor will my master's from Columbia University and my eventual doctorate from the same university help my black skin out of the ivy army that I have to wear every single day. Existence is a result of change. In order to grow, thrive, believe, hope, and dream, we must acknowledge that the opportunity to improve and live in a more just society means we must understand the past, live for the present, and innovate for the future. The unfortunate reality is past lived experiences have not been equitable for all. And our society is rooted in intentional divides that separate people by the constructs that we live in, rather than the values that make us brilliant human beings. 
Penciled in is here to transform here that, to that transform that narrative. Here to transform that narrative. We want to push the conventional and expand the minds of many so the world can shift to what is possible. Our goal is to help the public and private sector analyze the inequities that exist within their ecosystems and help them redesign systems to realize an equitable tomorrow. And it starts with a conversation about what those inequities are and ends with action that gets us closer to equitable societies. We see the need to bring leaders to the intersection of inequities across industries, from the homes that we live in, to the food that we eat, to the systems that are empowered with our care. All of this to inspire the change necessary to open up the possibility that the future will recognize the challenges presented by the intentional design of today. The ultimate impact will be the way that we listen, live, and learn. Our national and global response to the inequities that exist in society has been adequate for generations. We continue to allow for the oppressive mentalities of the past to outline our future. However, we intentionally look to partner with people who realize that there is a better way of leading, living, interacting, and achieving our individual and collective goals. Penciled In will find ways to bring the little-known conversations to the table and realize that a better tomorrow resides in all of us after each and every interaction we have with you. That's what Penciled In will be about. That is how we will create the change we all want to see. But then there's this. As you all are aware, and unfortunately, we have lived through one of the worst global pandemics in our country's history, where we in 2020 alone saw more than 379, 379,000, 379,000 lives lost. And to be clear, that is devastating, traumatic and caused the lives of so many people to change and created trauma for communities and people alike. Come to find out, the global pandemic was only the third highest cause of death in the United States. Number two was cancer and number one was heart disease. Nearly twice as many lives were lost this past year to heart disease alone. And again, I want to be clear. I'm not trying to minimize the tragedy of a global pandemic that is proven to be poorly prepared for and supported with financial resources and many other things. But I digress. But to realize that over 655,000 lives were lost to heart disease alone in 2020 opened my eyes. Opened my eyes to think about why that's happening and is there a systemic reason That creates the situation. So I dug a little bit deeper, went to the CDC, CDC.gov, Center for Disease Control and Prevention. 
and found a map that outlines all of the heart disease related deaths in the United States of America. And what I found was a high concentration of deaths as you move further south. And as I looked at the interactive map, it eventually took me to the state of Mississippi and then eventually took me to the in Mississippi, Amit County. Amit County's population is a little over 16,000 people at this time. When you look at the history of Amit County, it says a lot about the places in this country that are often penciled in. You look at Amit County and you see that it has a history of racial tension that goes back into the 1960s where there was a man named Lewis Allen who, by justification of the United States Department of Justice, was a victim of homicide, was killed because he wanted to help others vote. The fires of frustration and discord are burning in every city. It was also never identified who his killer was, but it's many assumptions made that state that it was at the hands of the sheriff who was a member of the Ku Klux Klan in the 1960s. To add to this historic and tragic legacy that lives in this county, you find that nearly 40% of its people still today are African-American, black. Then you look at the traumatic issues related to health in that county and you find that this county only has one hospital. And in that hospital, it only has 16 beds. But yet its county has one of the highest rates of heart-related disease in the country. You combine all of those inequities that exist, race, class, health disparities, there in that county alone, and you see that there's systemic issues that needed to be addressed, not only in that county, but as a sample of the intersection of healthcare, the reality of racial tension and discrimination in this country, not to mention the other inequities that exist when you look at the object poverty that exists in counties like Amit, where more than a quarter of its people live below the poverty line and Less than 10% of its people go on to get higher degrees of education. But realizing that there is another America that often isn't spoken about. But realizing that there is another America that often isn't spoken about. But we will. This is Penciled In. Thank you, everyone, for joining me today and listening to our first podcast here on Penciled In. Please click subscribe, tell a friend about the podcast next week, and leave a positive review so that we continue the conversation around how we can eradicate the inequities that exist across industries and hopefully make this world a little bit more humane for all of us as we try to find ways to become more than just penciled in. So as you tune in, you will hear more episodes around the inequities that we see that intersect across different walks of our lives and realizing that the voices of healthcare leaders, education leaders, law enforcement, and others that impact the way that we live will come to this podcast so that we can talk about the change that we want and need to see. Thanks again for joining us and can't wait to see you next week. Peace.